Well, thanks for thanks for being here, Charlie. Um, it's been a it's been a great few weeks for you, hasn't it? Yeah, a brilliant few weeks, and um, yeah, you just don't want it to stop, really. Um, no, thanks very much for having me. Not at <clears> all. <throat> and, I, and I said it's been a, an interesting journey here. I mean, just take us all the way back to to where it started for for you. You're from a from a racing family. Your your dad was a was a point to point rider. Was this always your destiny? Uh, I was always mad on horses uh, from a very young age. From the age of two, um, I had a Shetland, and um, from you know, I'd be with it most days, and uh, all the way through to now, I just haven't stopped riding and um, been obsessed by horses. And um, yeah, Dad used to point to point, and um, that kind of spurred me on. I remember watching his old tapes, and uh, they weren't the most stylish, but uh, um, at the time, I thought he was like a superhero at the time. So, uh, and, and Mum uh, was always mad on. Um, going hunting and that kind of um, helped develop my riding. Um, I did a lot when I was younger and then pony club, pony racing and um, that led on to um, going to a yard then. Um, this isn't the first time you and I have sat doing an interview like this. The first time was, we had to remind ourselves, what, 10, 12, maybe even more years ago? Long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> um, and that was because you were pony racing champion, is that right? Or no, were... I wasn't, no. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I think... Um, I went on a pony racing course at mm -hmm. Newmarket and um, I think Hector Crouch was there as well and um, I think John Genio Jr. was there and a few others. And um, Anyway, um, me and Hector actually, I think we shared a room that week and uh, he was very good from at that age and he was quite small. Um, anyway, he got um excellent rider or something for the week and I got most improved. So, <laughs> And we won, um, I think he went to... Um, was it um, Henry, Henry Cecil's? Or, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then we won a. Um, we got to go on the morning line, so that was very exciting. <laughs> and, and that was when we first met. And and um, at the time, even then, you were you were pretty tall. Uh, were you <clears throat> were you thinking, well, this is going to be difficult becoming a becoming a jockey? Yeah, definitely. Um, everyone used to say to me when I said they said, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" And I said, "Jockey." And, you know, there'd be the odd snigger because <laughs> I was starting to look a bit tall. And um, there was a stage when I was younger and I was quite fat um, up until I was about 10. And I remember, um, uh, yeah, I remember I was at, I think I went to Cheltenham the one day with my mum and dad and um, I was talking to a chap and um, he said, what do you want to do? And uh, I said, be a jockey. And I remember he burst into laughter <laughs> and that actually maybe um, obviously upset me, but it actually triggered something and um I lost um, a good bit of weight then. I started running and all sorts, and uh, it, um, it was a good thing. <laughs> even, at, even at that very young age? Yeah, at that age, I've, I, was, um, I suddenly became conscious of my weight then, um, and, uh, which I needed to because uh, I suppose from the age of 10 to 15, you can really grow, can't you? And um, if I was a big lad then, then I would never have been a jockey. But. Were you, were you being given quite a lot of encouragement by your, by your family that, that this could be something realistic? Not as a job, really, no. Um, it was quite the opposite, yeah. They said, um, Dad always used to say, oh, you know, try training or, you know, <laughs> you know, you could go and try and be an assistant or something. And uh, I was just obsessed with riding and um, he said, it's a, you know, they would always say it's a hard life and it's not as simple as, you know, you, you, know, you watch it on, you know, I grew up watching Channel 4 and you see all the glory of it and uh, obviously they knew it's not quite as simple as that and there's a lot, of, lot that can go wrong, so. And... Were they right? Yeah, they were, yeah. I understood what they meant, actually, after a few years um, working in racing. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, if you, if you 
really want to do something, you will do it. So, you know, it's, um, it's great to, you know, be getting somewhere, hopefully. Could you identify a moment where you thought that, that being a jockey was, was realistic? I mean, obviously, you have your first few rides, you're sort of feeling your way, you feel you know what you're doing, but was there a point where you thought, this is my career, this is who I am, I am Charlie Deutsch, a jockey? Yeah, probably... Oh, it took a long time. Um, very much when I went to Venetia's, um, that's where I felt much more established. And um, yeah, and obviously when you start getting a good amount of rides and you're riding regularly most days, that's when you kind of feel a bit more established and and a jockey. So um, it was probably then, probably f- four or five years into mm. working in racing. But you're always, um, you know, as a jockey, you always feel like you're on a slippery slope and you're always thinking, you know. Um, yeah, keep the draft from the door and you're always looking for your next winner and you're always hungry, aren't you? Do, do you still think that way? Do you still think that way? Do you, is, it, is, it that, is, it, is it a sort of fear of failure thing that, that, that drives you? I suppose so, yeah. Um, and even, like, we've had a very good start to the season, but, uh, you know, you're relying on... Um, there are some great horses, but you're relying on animals and there's all sorts that can go wrong, isn't there? So, um, and, and obviously every time a horse wins, it goes up in the handicap, so... Or, you know, it goes into higher tests and um, you just hope they can keep winning, don't you? And um, you just don't know what's around the corner in this sport. Now, Venetia was um, scouting you from quite a young age, I know that, and she couldn't get you to begin with and you went to Charlie Longston's for a little while. How did, how did you finally end up uh, where Venetia wanted you? Um, yeah, I, I, I started riding out at Charlie Longston's from, a, from school just because he was local and, um, yeah, I had uh, uh, three good years there and... Um, then I, I wanted to try somewhere else and uh, I actually went back amateur for a bit and um, rode in point to points, I really enjoyed that and um, then I, um, it was just in the summer when there wasn't much going on and um, I think it was uh, my dad knew um, an owner of Venetia's called mm-hmm. Julian Taylor and um, he mentioned that Venetia was looking for a conditional and uh, dad said, oh, give it a go, so... I tried to get in touch with Venetia, but um, I think I missed her, and and then she rang me back, and I missed, and you know, I, I could, you know, it took a few phone calls, and um, uh, eventually she said, you know, I'm not guaranteeing you anything, but come along and see what you think, and yeah, I think the first three months I didn't, I, I did, I was working away on the yard, but I didn't get any rides off her, and um, there, I think Aidan was stable jockey, and you know, the the horses were winning like mad, like they can do in November, December, and. It was raining and, um, yeah, I found it amazing, but then I, I did want a slice of it as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, eventually it came. Um, I think my first winner for her was uh, Arkan at Cheltenham, which was great. And um, from then on, it slowly got going. Tell me a little bit about working for and with Venetia Williams and what, what she's done and meant to you. Um, yeah, it was obviously um, made my career and um, she's tutored me really well and... Um, she's brilliant to listen to. She understands race riding. She understands horses, and um, especially on the schooling ground, she teaches you a huge amount. Um, you know, she, you, she doesn't want you to interfere with them, and she wants you to be positive but not force them. And uh, if you can understand what she wants you to do, then um, it definitely uh, it's a, definitely a secret to getting horses jumping. Anyway. Because a lot of jockeys will talk about their relationships with trainers, and the trainers will not be 
you know, will not intervene too much. It, it seems to me that she's been more than just a boss to you. She's been a, a mentor as well. Oh, definitely in in everything, and um, yeah, she um, she wants you to do well, and um, she wants to help you out, which is uh, great. And everyone at the yard is um, a good team, and um, you know, it's it's a great atmosphere. It's kind of laid back, but at the same time, everyone gets thing, gets it all done, and. Um, and there's huge care for the horses. Um, I suppose it comes from the top, um, and uh, you know everyone really cares for the horses, from the good ones to the not so good ones. And um, you know, and, and there's, you see all the horses that might maybe off, um, and they're out in the fields, yeah. and you know you can recognise them out in the, the you know out in the field as you're riding down the gallop, and um, everyone knows the horses like you know like people. They're all their own characters, and. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. There's, you know, there's um, everyone that works at the yards. I, I love asking them about their horses they ride and how it, how they're going and what they think, and you can learn a lot from that as well. And um, yeah, no, it's just a great atmosphere there. Now I know you don't want to talk too much about 2018 because you've discussed it a lot in the press. This was your your period of time, short period of time that you you spent in prison because of a, a driving offence in in Cheltenham. Um, but what you have talked about quite a lot is the way that that taught you quite a bit about the next phase of your of your career. Had it not been for that, where do you think you'd you'd be now? God, I don't know. Really, um, I suppose uh, if you thought about it, I don't know. Um, I mean, did you? How much did you grow up in two and a half months? I definitely, um, you definitely see things differently, um, and. Uh, I think it makes you mentally tougher and, um, yeah, it, it definitely changes your outlook. Um, but, uh, no, um, it's just about getting on with things and um, keep looking forward, really. And, you know, at the, at the time, you know, you're, you're clearly, you know, somebody of incredibly you know, good character, good reputation, you know, close friends, close family. Um, it must have been incredibly difficult for you. Well, you know, it it happened. Um, you know, I was in the wrong, so you know you've got to face it. And uh, um, yeah, the people around me were the ones that, that were the best, really. And um, and you know, they're the ones that supported me. So uh, all credit to them, really. And who who was it who really sort of got you through that period? Who would you credit with that? Oh, um, um, Meg, my girlfriend, was um, brilliant. You know, she. She helped me a huge amount, and you know she's probably the person I speak to the most. And you know I talk to her about racing and stuff, and and she 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 works at Venetia's as well, and she she knows all the horses, and um, yeah, we have a uh, great partnership, and um, no, she, she's probably been the most involved with everything. So yeah, um, and then obviously I felt sorry for my poor family, my mother and everyone, and um, and then Venetia obviously supported me greatly. So. Um, there's, you know, you need good people around you, and that, and that's, you know, if they're not around you, then you can't do anything, can you? So. And did you you knew that Venetia was there for you when, when you came out? Uh, yeah, I'd obviously seen it in the paper, but um, I knew I could go back riding out, but I wasn't expecting anything, and uh, I thought I just go, I was just grateful to be out and about and riding out, you know, and um, I missed horses, so, uh, you know. I think most jockeys, they, you know, they, they do love just being on a horse, and um, 
And, how did you how did you feel to be back on a horse again, back in the fresh air? It was great. I was a bit, you know, it's like I suppose, uh, as you know, when you watch, um, I saw an interview with a swimmer in the Olympics, and um, it, they when they've been out the pool for a while, it feels a bit strange when you get back in the pool, and it is a bit like that with a horse if you haven't been on one for a long time, because um, you know I wouldn't have had that long of a break before, even with injury, and um, uh, yeah, you feel a bit wobbly at first, but. Uh, even though you're probably not that bad, but uh, yeah, it's great. It was a great feeling, and um, you just feel incredibly happy all the time then. Um, but no, I didn't expect anything, and um, obviously I had to ride out, and, 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 and I thought, well, you know, I'm just happy, you know, as to be riding out, um, and then obviously let alone be race riding, and obviously the race riding came along, which was just brilliant. And actually things started to click into gear pretty quickly then didn't they yeah it happened very quickly and um yeah you just kind of get your head down race ride and crack on and um it was just great yeah what is it you enjoy most about this job what is it that gives you the biggest the biggest kick uh definitely just just the horses i've always been obsessed with horses and uh but um the satisfaction of you know even when you you have a plan in your head of how to ride a horse and what you think the horse is like and what will benefit the horse and how to get the best out of it. And, uh, you know, you come down to the last um, and, and you're looking for a big stride and the feeling when you can you kind of get three strides away and you think, I've, you know, there it is, um, that's a good feeling and the horse comes up for you and, um, and then you kind of ride to the line, there's nothing better. And, um, you know, because these horses, they don't... You know they don't have to do it for you. They don't. They don't have to jump. They don't have to gallop. But uh, the fact that they do, it's just brilliant. And um, and, and and I got great great satisfaction riding a winner for. You know I'm in Venetia's most days, and riding a winner for the team there is just um, it's just great. And uh, it's, it's it's you feel like you. I don't. Know, it's a different feeling. It, it's it's quite old school in a way that the the notion of a of a stable jockey or it sort of went out of fashion for a long time so it seems to be coming back a little bit more the, the idea of you going in the next morning and that everyone's kind of everyone's got a, sh- a slice of that success yeah exactly and and once the horses you know you get a few winners um at the beginning of the season everyone's anxious and you know you know they're they're working well and everything but uh obviously um with the way uh, the yard runs you know we aim them for the winter and um you know, there's obviously nervous excitement at the start of the season, and you're just hoping, wishing, praying, and um, and then when you get the first winner, and then there's a bit of a buzz, and and then you get on to a few more winners, then it really kicks off. It's a it's a great buzz, and get going into the yard, I love it in the morning, and you're getting your tack, and um, everyone's chatting away and talking about the horses, and you know that's a big part of it in the mornings as well, and um, and you know, um, and, and you never know with horses. Sometimes you think, oh. You know, you think you you know what he's like, and um, and they can come in one season, and and all of a sudden he's jumping twice as good as he did last year, or he's done a brilliant piece of work, or you know, or he surprises you at the races, and um, that's the thing you've, you you you're never um, you're never sure of horses, and uh, they can always um, you know they can always make a fool of you, and uh, you know you've got to be very open-minded with them. What do you think <coughs> your biggest strength is, Charlie? Um, and I, I didn't have you down as someone who would answer this question readily either because you're, <laughs> you're, you're quite modest in a lot of ways but if, um, if you were to sell yourself to someone and say I, I, I should be riding this horse because <laughs> um, I'd like to think um, because of obviously 
tutorship from Venetia, um, I think I can get horse jumping well and in a good rhythm. And um, if, if, if you know, I try and be a good judge of pace. You don't always get it right, but um, I'm always very conscious of the pace we're going and the ri- you know. And if you can hit a good rhythm on a horse, and and then and then the strides kind of just mm. appear. Then and um, I like to think I can you know get a horse to run for me and jump. So uh, yeah. If if I was to sell myself, that'd be it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very I'm I'm very happy to do it for you. Don't worry about that. You can't give Anita all the credit. I realise she takes she takes quite a bit of it. I think you can take a fair bit of it, um, fair bit of it yourself. Now this season things have kicked up a gear. You know, numerically it's comparable, but in terms of the quality of horses you're riding, the t- the, the, the kind of races that you're riding in, you you're moving into a in, into a different into a different sphere now. Which is the which is the horse that excites you the most? Which is the one you cannot wait to get on again? Um, we've got some we've got some good some really nice ones. good ones this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I was very excited by Lohan Press uh, the other week. Um, just his uh, jumping was just excellent. Um, he's uh, he, he's got a great attitude to the job. Um, he's not flashy, and he's got a huge stride. But uh, yeah, you, you know, you watch him jump the last three fences, and um, it, give, it, it would give you a right, a, a real good buzz being on top of him. Um, so yeah, he, he'd be one I'd be very excited about. And we've got other horses, Funnable Civilla, um, and uh, Royal Bagai. Um, but this guy's but, this guy could go could go a lot of the way to the top, couldn't he, Lompresse? I, I hope so. Yeah, um, he, you know, I was, in, I was, I was very happy with him at Exeter, um, and then I was impressed by him at Ascot, and then Cheltenham. Obviously, um, it takes a bit of handling the track. Um, it's very unique, and the fences are very difficult to jump. Um, you've got some downhill fences that are quite upright in places, and um, to handle a track like Cheltenham uh, is brilliant. And um, He's just a fine horse, and he, he's got a bit of cl- plenty of class about him. So uh, I'd be very excited about him. Um, what, what sort of trip do you think is his optimum? I know he's running at two and a half. I was talking to his owner Andy Edwards earlier in the week, and he was saying, "Well, we got a few options, but two and a half looks the way forward, unless something strange happens." Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. He's done it over two and a half, so you know you wouldn't change much now. Um, but however. Um, He's been running through the line well when he has been running over two and a half, so I'm sure he would get three miles as well. Um, so it's very exciting, and obviously Andy and Venetia will um, have their plans in place. And um, yeah, it's just nice to have a horse like that, and um, it just uh, you know gets everyone excited. Saturday winners are great. When you were in one of those great kind of marquee races in the season, it's even better. Cloudy Glen in the in the Ladbrokes Trophy must have been a very special moment for you. Oh, that really was, uh, you know, it was a kind of the minute I crossed the line, like, you, it it was sinking in. God, you know, set, you know, we've won the Ladbrook, and it, it it was a real special moment. Even comes to the last, I was thinking, it's you know, come on, Cloud, um, we cannot come second. And I could remember hearing Brendan coming, and I could hear the tap of his stick and a little bit of a click behind me, and um, I just had to keep him there. I just knew I needed a good jump all the way up the straight and, and at the last, and he was just getting a bit tired here and a little bit wandering um, and changed his legs a couple, just coming into this fence and I knew I needed a good jump and uh, just need to keep him in his rhythm and 
thankfully we got it and uh, I thought we can't come second because I'll be wondering what I could have done differently <laughs> the rest of my life so uh, no um, it's just just pure joy really he's an unusual sort of horse with an unusual sort of profile what kind of what kind of confidence did you go into the race with? Was this a? I described it as a bit of a Venetia special, you know, <laughs> pulling a, a complete rabbit out of the hat when very few people are expecting it. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I wasn't expecting. Um, I, I, I was very excited. He was second at the festival, and I was watching that run back, and I thought that'd be the one that, if he ran like that, we could run into a place. But um, I was very open-minded because uh, I've, I've ridden in this race before, and you need plenty of luck and. Um, even, you know, they seem to go good gallops in these big handicaps and they don't stop and uh, anyway I was very open minded and um, I thought you know I'll just line him up get him going forward and see how we go and with the circuit to go I was in front um, travelling strongly and uh, you know um, just enjoying it really and you know you, you say that you, you went in there thinking you could, you could get placed, do you ride differently? Does, is your mindset different when you go in on a horse, he's an outsider no one's expecting much you don't really feel that you've got all that much to lose. Are you bolder? Do you take more risks? Do you take more sort of calculated gambles? Um, I think you just... It is a nice feeling because you ride for the sake of riding, you know. You're just doing it for the fun of it in a way. You want to win, but obviously you're, you're looking for strides just for the fun of jumping, you know. And um, There's a more carefree... A bit more open-minded and carefree and... Um, and um, sometimes it kind of works out in the end and obviously you've got your mind focused on winning and um, naturally if you're there you know you, you, you are competitive naturally but uh, um, it is a nice feeling and it's, 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 it's a kind of yeah it's a carefree and um, it was quite fun actually before the race uh, um, Dan the va- um, who's one of the valets uh, he, he, he'd won the Hennessy um, before and he always bangs on about it Anyway, Dan, Dan Ford. Dan Ford, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he always says he might as well have won every Hennessy because uh, he had the fastest time. So, <laughs> but uh, um, he got uh, he had a speaker in the waiting room and everyone was a bit quiet and uh, it was a bit it was a bit kind of you know before those big races everyone goes a bit quiet and tries to get focused and um, you know, he put on a bit of music and it got everyone dancing around. I remember Harry Cobden was dancing around and um, and I think that kind of you know it's great and that's what. Um, the valets do and uh, they just um, you know break the ice a lot of the time and it's great sounds like Ted Lasso <laughs> Dan, Dan Ford getting, getting you all up and dancing before yeah. the before the Ladbrokes trophy yeah, I, I exactly. want footage I need footage of this no you don't you definitely don't <laughs> not everyone does there's a few of them just you know jigging around so it's quite funny who's got the who's got the moves uh, I think Harry Coburn had the had the moves that day anyway why doesn't so. that surprise me? yeah exactly <laughs> he was all over the place so yeah <laughs> You are clearly loving it at the moment. You clearly have a real depth of appreciation for what you're doing. Do you ever feel you need to wind down and take a break or not? Or are you just happy with kind of total immersion? Uh, no, I'm very happy with total immersion, <laughs> um, especially when it's going well. It's when, it's when it's not going well you need to take a break, isn't it? But uh, um, no, obviously if I have a day off, I'll, um, I won't be immersed by racing, but... Um, yeah, definitely. I, I'm very happy with being immersed by it at the moment, and uh, yeah, it's a great sport, and there's so much to it, isn't there? Um, you know, you've got the races, you've got the work at home, and the horses, you know, um, the people. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's just a great sport to be in. Um, Charlie, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, you've got 
a long season ahead to, to Cheltenham and Aintree and, and beyond. Is there a target you've got your, your eye on? Is there, is there something this season that you're, you're really eyeing up? Um, not, not, I think you can't really be too specific on what races you want to win because obviously we all want to win the big ones, but uh, you need the horse and um, they'll take you along. But, uh, and, and, and there's so many factors that you need to come into place, don't you? But uh, um, if I could just carry on riding winners and um, you know, make the most of every race and opportunity I get would be great. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to what's, what's around the corner now. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai.